journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. You're listening to the World of Horror, and I'm Andy. Join me as we take a look at some lesser-known horror movies. Horror Express, or as it's known under its Spanish title, translated as Panic on the Trans-Siberian, is a 1972 science fiction horror film directed by Eugenio Martin. It is a loose adaptation of John W. Campbell's 1938 novella Who Goes There? It stars Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, who are very well-known British horror actors. And you also have to give Christopher Lee credit for being in the werewolf classic, The Howling to Your Sister is a Werewolf. The movie also stars Telly Savalas, who starred in movies such as Capricorn One and was also starred in the TV show Kojak. And The Baggage Man was played by Victor Israel who I've seen before in another movie that I've talked about called The Witch's Mountain. The director, Eugenio Martin, was mainly known as a Spanish filmmaker, and this was his most well-known film. The film was co-produced by American screenwriter and producer Bernard Gordon, who had collaborated with Martin on the 1972 film Pancho Villa, which featured Telly Savalas in the title role. Martin made Horror Express as part of a three-picture contract he had with Philip Jordan, and Savalas was under contract with Jordan as well. The film was a co-production between Spain's Granada Films and the British company Ben Marr Productions, who made Psychomania in 1971. According to Martin, the film was made because a producer obtained a train set from Nicholas and Alexandra from 1971. Quote, He came up with the idea of writing a script just so he would be able to use this prop, said Martin. Now at that time, Phil was in the habit of buying up loads of short stories to adapt into screenplays, and the story for Horror Express was originally based on a tale written by a little-known American scriptwriter and playwright. Rumors that the train sets were acquired from the production of Dr. Zhivago were refuted by Gordon, who said in a 2000 interview that the model had been constructed for the feature film Pancho Villa. Horror Express was filmed in Madrid between 1971 and 1972. It was produced on a low budget of $300,000 with the luxury of having three familiar genre actors in the lead roles. The filming began in December of 1971. Securing Lee and Cushing was a coup for Gordon since it lit an atmosphere reminiscent of the horror Hammer films, many of which starred both actors. When Cushing arrived in Madrid to begin work on the picture, he was still distraught over the recent death of his wife. He announced to Gordon that he could not do the film. With Gordon now desperate over the idea of losing one of his important stars, Lee stepped in and put Cushing at ease simply by talking to his old friend about some of their previous work together. Cushing changed his mind and stayed on. The train's departure scene was filmed in Madrid's Delicias Railway Station. The locomotive pulling the train in that scene is an actual train. Later in the film, miniatures are utilized for the exterior shots of the train going by camera and for the film's climax. Like all Italian and Spanish films of the period, Horror Express was filmed mostly without sound, with the effects and voices dubbed for the film in post-production. Lee, Cushing, and Savalas 
all provided their own voices for the English-speaking version. The film was first released for a showing as an official selection at the Sick Guests Film Festival on September 30, 1972. The film's director, Eugenio Martin, won the Critics' Best Script Award. According to Martin, Spain, his native country, was where the film fared the worst, both critically and for its low box office revenue. It was received positively in other film markets where the audience was more familiar with low-budget horror films. These included Great Britain, the United States, and Australia. Quote, I was a bit surprised myself at the film's popularity overseas, but it didn't really do a great deal for my subsequent career, said Martin. A special edition Blu-ray DVD film release was issued in 2011 by Severn Films. Arrow Films re-released a new Blu-ray edition on February 12, 2019. The film was used as a virtual reality experience for the 2021 television show Creep Show in Season 2, Episode 5, Night of the Living Late Show. In that episode, the film is the favorite of a mentor, Simon Sherman, portrayed by Justin Long, who had it placed as one of the interactive features in his virtual reality invention called the Immersipod. While archive footage of Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing are used in the episode, Hannah Fearman portrays her rendition of Countess Irina Petrovsky, with whom Simon begins a relationship since he's had a crush on her since he was a young boy. Tele Savalas was paid $22,000 for his short stint in this movie. Producer Bernard Gordon was delighted to get him for such a low price. According to Eugenio Martin, most of Tele Savalas' dialogue and performance is improvised. During production, there was only one set available for the interior of the train cars. All the scenes for each car had to be shot at once, and then the set would have to be reconstructed for the next car. The film's acclaimed musical score marks the debut of John Kakabas as a film composer who broke into the film industry thanks to his friendship with Tele Savalas. Kakabas would later create the music for Savalas' TV series Kojak in 1973. This was released only two days after Dracula AD 1972, which also starred Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Frequent airings on television throughout the 70s and 80s helped to gain this movie a devoted cult following amongst horror fans. The taglines for this movie was, Book your tickets now to a trip to terror. Travel on the Trans-Siberian Railway can be dull until some hellbent prehistoric monster breaks the ice. A non-stop ride to hell. What it does to you in the dark is worse than death. See Kojak solve his greatest case. Travel the rail of horror. Can it be stopped? A nightmare of terror traveling aboard the Horror Express. Your non-stop ride to hell boards at 8 p.m. Two million years in these subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice, waiting to be free, waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. Are you telling me? That an ape that lived two million years ago got out of that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there. Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us 
if you dare, on the Horror Express. We'll search the train and find it, whatever it is, and destroy it. But if it's alive... I want this kept quiet. I don't want to panic the passengers. The malignant power of this creature is indestructible, transferring its force from mind to mind, from body to body. Beast is not dead. I put four bullets into him. You think evil can be killed with bullets? Satan leaves. The animal that you shot was only the host. It's alive in someone on this train. You saw his eyes. One look at them and you're dead. Anything that moves near that door, kill it. Run. Run for your life. Hide, but you can't escape. No one can stop the fury and the terror of the Horror Express. So for the plot, the movie is set in the year 1906 and begins with an expedition in the country of China with one of our main characters, Professor Alexander Saxon, leading this expedition and they go into a cave and they find a frozen person. Maybe it's a prehistoric person. We're not really sure. It's kind of some kind of ape man, but they're very excited about their find. So they box it up and take it with them to go. Professor Saxon tries to get on the next train out of town, but they say they did not get his telegram reserving his spot. Dr. Wells, played by Peter Cushing, comes into the office with his assistant. Professor Saxton, was who Christopher Lee played, doesn't look too happy to see him. They are definitely rivals in the scientific field. So Dr. Wells is able to buy two tickets with no problem. His bribery makes the process a lot smoother. Professor Saxton is royally pissed off and approaches the train station ticket seller or office manager, whatever he's called, and just sweeps everything off of his desk. The ticket guy is not impressed by the temper tantrum, but he doesn't get a chance to speak his mind because a group of soldiers enter and ask for Professor Saxton. When the ticket guy sees that Saxton has an escort of armed soldiers, he quickly finds the ticket amongst his stuff now scattered all over the floor. While Saxton is busy in the ticket office, a thief in the train station picks the lock on the crate holding Saxton's discovery. But in the next scene, he's discovered lying dead next to the crate, his eyes totally white. The police are puzzled, not by his murder though, because the guy was a well-known thief, so they figured he probably deserved it. But they are surprised to see his eyes because it looked like he would have been blind in life, but he was able to see just fine that they know of. A priest sees the scene and immediately thinks that it's the work of the devil. Professor Saxton comes up and the police question him about the contents of the crate. He says it holds fossils. Then the police ask, what are fossils? To which Saxton replies, they're rocks. The priest still holds to his belief that something evil is in the crate and proves his case by the fact that he can draw a cross with a piece of chalk on the sidewalk, but not on the crate. Saxon thinks it's all rubbish and gets the soldiers to load the crate onto the train. There's just one minor detail. They have to move the dead body out of the way first. After the crate is in the baggage car, Dr. Wills is back there along with Saxon and making sure everything is in place and in order. 
they both hear a strange growl coming from the crate. Saxon opens the crate and he sees the frozen ape man is still there. Still frozen. Dr. Wells is curious about the crate and asks what Saxon's latest discovery was. Saxon says to mind your own damn business. Wells says that he heard the growl, but Saxon just denies it. Says the fossil has been frozen for 2 million years and closes the crate back up. So we're also introduced to the Countess Irina Petrovsky as she comes into the baggage car to store some valuables in the train's safe. Her dog is acting very scared around the crate. She asks Saxton what's in it. He says nothing for her to worry about. Her dog continues to freak out. Saxton offers to walk her back to her car as a distraction and they leave. As Saxton makes his way to his car, he meets another scientist that saw what happened on the platform with the priest. He asks Saxton how come the chalk wouldn't write on the crate. Saxton writes it off as self-hypnotism, yoga, or some parlor trick. Wells is still back in the baggage car and asks the baggage man to drill a small hole in the crate and see what's in there. And he gives the baggage man a coin for his troubles. So we see there is definitely history between Wells and Saxton. They are definitely competitive towards each other. So Wells is now in his cabin and a woman comes into the cabin and she's definitely avoiding the conductor because she doesn't have a ticket. She asks Wells to let her stay with him and he's very agreeable because she is quite attractive. The only problem is that his old bud Saxon pops in and he happens to be assigned to the same cabin because there are two beds and there are two bunks in there. Wells is not happy because Saxton effectively cockblocks him. Back in the baggage car, the baggage man is trying to get some tools so he can get a better look inside. He's also whistling the theme song conveniently enough. As he is turned away from the crate, a furry arm comes out and gets a nail that is laying on a nearby table. The ape man is able to pick the lock with the nail because we discover that the creature can absorb memories and knowledge of the people that it kills, basically. So the baggage man, he tries to close the crate as he sees it opening up, but the ape man looks at him with a glowing red eye and the baggage man started bleeding from his eyes and nose and mouth. And his eyes turn white, just like the thief's did, and he drops dead. Then the caveman leaves the crate, also whistling the theme song, which is interesting. So we are now in the Count and Countess's car, and there is a priest, the one from the platform is part of their entourage. He is still concerned with the evil being aboard the train, and he's going on and on about it. Mentioning that even the dog knows that there's evil on board. The Count and Countess, they're not really worried about it at all. They are really excited about having a couple of British guests for dinner. They tell the priest that they're not worried for their immortal souls, that that's the priest's job to worry about it for them. Now, the priest doesn't like the idea of the Count and Countess going to dinner with these British gentlemen because Saxon brought the crate onto the train, so he forbids them to see the British gentlemen. Well, this does not please the Count and he tells the priest this so, and so the priest is very worried, and he starts saying that he's going to pray for humility. He forgot his place. And the Count says, well, you better, or you're also going to be praying for a new job. And at the end of the scene, they hear the whistling in the hallway of the theme song. So the inspector from that we saw earlier in the movie on the train platform, he is also on the train. The inspector goes back to the baggage car, and he notices that the baggage man is missing. 
And it looks like somebody was trying to get into the crate of Professor Saxton, that all the commotion was about at the train station. They call Saxton into the baggage car and he still will not tell them what's in the crate. He will not answer their questions. So they demand that Saxton open the crate, but he refuses and actually yeets the key to the crate out the train window. So the police take quick action and they take an ax and they basically chop through the chains and the lock, which seems kind of flimsy if the ax can do all that. They look inside the crate and woe and behold, there's the baggage man. The frozen ape man is nowhere to be seen. Sexton comes clean and tells them what it was, basically a frozen prehistoric ape man. It still doesn't answer the question about how the baggage man was killed, how the crate got locked back up after it left, and where was the frozen ape man anyway? They lock up Saxton while searching the train. Wells also admits to getting the baggage man to snoop into the crate. So here we have a scene where during the search, we have the ape man hiding in one of the car cabins with a sleeping family. And as the policeman walks by, he is killed by the ape man. And also makes it appear that the ape man left, escaped the train. So everybody kind of initially suspects that the creature is now gone. And as we go through this movie, one by one, more people are killed by the frozen ape man until he finds a suitable body that he can actually possess. Yes, this intelligence or whatever it is in the ape man can actually body hop. So once he finds an appropriate body, he hops to it and commences his agenda. And the movie goes on from there. So I actually remember this movie watching it as a kid. I saw, I don't think I watched the whole movie. I think I saw just saw a commercial for it. But I remember the scene, they should have seen where somebody fell dead with white eyes. And I thought that really freaked me out. And I also got this movie confused with Terror Train with Jamie Lee Curtis because they didn't come out at the same time. But for some reason, the TV station that I was watching, they were showing both of these movies around the same time. The commercial was on about the same time. So I got these two movies confused thinking that the scenes from Terror Train were in Horror Express or vice versa. I can't really remember now. And, you know, in my opinion, this movie is right up there with a lot of the popular British horror movies of the 70s. And this film is... I don't know if it's intentionally, they say it was based on John W. Campbell uh, novella who goes there. Um, so there can be a lot of similarities drawn to the thing from another world and then the thing from 1982. You know, in, in this movie, it's, it's a good mix of horror, sci-fi. You know, you definitely have some science fiction elements. You have some horror elements and you have a good setting with it being set on a train as well. And you just have some really fleshed out good characters. You have good actors playing well-rounded characters and the score is pretty good it's kind of it reminds you of a classic spanish film score it's it's pretty good um the special effects are pretty decent for the 70s there is a pretty gross autopsy scene and it, it you know it, it may not be as bad as uh saw four but as the autopsy scene in that movie but it's still pretty effective what's interesting here is our antagonist the creature the creature is smart and also has an agenda. And as it possesses bodies, it can actually communicate with people. And so we learn more about who it is and, and what it's trying to do, which is interesting. And, you know, but before it hops into a normal body, the eight man effects are pretty good. I mean, it looks good. The eight man creature, like I said, we have a very cast of characters with each have their own agenda. And the creature kind of disrupts everything because there are all these people on a train going somewhere 
with a certain goal in mind and the creature just kind of like interrupts life for everybody. Uh, we have an interesting theme in this movie, kind of about the, the pursuit of scientific discovery at any cost, no matter who it hurts. Because you, know, you have this decision, do we kill this creature? Or do we let it live because it has, basically it has knowledge from the beginning of the earth. It's been here for millions of years. It can give us so much information. And the creature even uses that later on as a bargaining chip for its survival. And it's interesting how everyone has their own way of explaining the creature in terms of extraterrestrial life, where you have science leaning more towards the alien uh, version of extraterrestrial life, whereas the religion leans towards angels or fallen angels in this case. It's interesting, this creature has collected many intelligences over its lifespan, and so it just has an infinite amount of wisdom to it. And also the creature needs to keep his origins a secret. He does not want people to know where he came from or what it is. And this this movie does remind me of The Thing because there are scenes where people don't know who is the creature or who's just a normal person. So they have to devise a test to figure out who may be the creature. It's kind of interesting. It's taken out anybody that has discovered its secret because the scientists have examined part of the ape man and kind of discover some things about it so it is trying to kill them so it keeps it secret later on in the movie we have this scene where these cossack soldiers these russian soldiers they board the train and they're led by none other than tele savalas he has a smaller role in this movie but once he boards the train this movie is his he is plays such a great role in this movie and I mean, he Telly Savalas owns this movie. It's, it's just, he just does a great job. And there's also a, a cool scene here, and after you know a little bit after this, where we see the creature's full power. Uh, it displays its full ability to do things that it can do. It's really cool. It's really great scenes. Um, it's some special, some great special effects. And it's interesting to see how people are changed by this creature by experiencing this creature. Some people. Uh, especially the priest i won't really talk about him too much more but it's interesting to see his shift throughout the movie so my final thoughts you know i really like this movie uh cushing and lee are, are great savalas steals the show the special effects are good this is a well-made movie it's perfect for monster movie lovers or fans of 70s horror it's very satisfying overall so i give this movie a thumbs up I watched this movie on Plex, of all places. It had the best transfer. So if you don't mind a few ads, that's the best place to watch it, in my opinion, unless you own the Blu-ray. So thanks for checking out this episode. You're listening to the World of Horror.